I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Yeah, no joke. Today is a, today's show is exciting for me to bring to you. Be talking with Jason Dudio Gore, who is a producer of a very important show to me, The Best Show, with Tom Sharpling which is currently on hiatus. We'll talk all about the best show, but a couple things that I want to do to set up this interview. One is, I did a show a while ago, You Never Know, talking about how you never know the future. You also never know what little thing might change the whole deck of cards. Is that a correct metaphor? I'm not sure. But an example of that was, when was this? Maybe 2010, 2011? I was working at Pizza Cabin in Asheville, North Carolina, and my friend John Elliston stopped by the shop and said, "Hey, man, I know you're working. I just wanted, I just wanted to give this CD to you. Check this out." And as I tell Jason in this interview, it was a call from the best show from a guy from Pizza Aficionado, and. The rest was history. I got so into the best show from that. And in so doing, I also just kind of decided a couple things. I decided that I really wanted to do radio. And also, as I became a fan of the best show, I decided that I got to go to New York. I got to really do it this time. I don't know if it would have, if all of this would have been unleashed if John didn't drop that CD by. I also wanted to talk about another John a little bit more that we mentioned in this interview, this guy John Murray. And so when I came to New York, I I had two goals, two main goals. I wanted to get a job, pay the bills, cooking food, and I wanted to take improv comedy classes at UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade. My 301 teacher was this guy, John Murray, and he was awesome. And something that John taught us in the class, he said, you know, you're doing these improvised scenes. And he said, hold on. He stopped. He stopped us. And he said, guys, today I just see you coming up to a critical moment. You hint at some action. You say, I would fight you, but I'm not going to do that. Or, if you don't stop, I'm going to scream. Or, wouldn't it be crazy if we were in space doing this? He said, do the thing. Do that. Don't hint around it. In life, we have so many reasons why we can't do the thing. Social pressures politeness, our own fears of what people will think. John said, in, in this class and in improv, it's, it's your chance to actually realize that action, that emotion. You've got people telling you what you can't do all the time. Now's the time to break free. And I, I tell that to my students when they're doing creative writing. And it kind of that kind of idea is somewhat of a guiding principle. I've, I've talked since I 
started Race to the Bottom back up here on Radio Free Brooklyn that I want risk. I want to do the do the thing. And I guess this is just a time for me to reaffirm that. So let's listen to my interview with Jason and I'll talk to you afterwards. Race to the bottom. I'm starting to think that this pandemic sucks. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I think I'm fi- I finally come around to being yeah. like, I don't know if I like this anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. I loved it at the start. It was great not being able to perform mm-hmm. and like have your entire, you know, theater and comedy career kind of crash around you. That's always a wonderful thing. I know, man. So I'm I'm here with with Jason Gore, which some of you who who some of you might know as as Dudio as well. Right. Um, it's a big pleasure to uh, be talking to you, Jason. I've been uh, I've listened to you as as part of the best show, and as and then seen you do your own stuff, you know, and and then the me and my friends, the friends, and and so far, and and I'm there for for you with- well thank you yeah thank you so much man i appreciate it i appreciate it it's good to be here it's good to be ch- chatting with you we've been talking about doing this for a while yeah we finally figured it out we the fact that we figured this out during a pandemic should that should give us, us each points <laughs> yes exactly so where i wanted to start was mm-hmm. you are or you were you you got your start i guess in in radio and classic yeah. rock dj <laughs> and i before before i was a teacher was a musician and did did that for about 10 years played in bands and had my own group no oh, nice but, but to to pay the bills mm-hmm. um aside you know from 80 bucks here and there for shows you know uh i was a pizza delivery driver for 7 years mm-hmm. And I, w- I was wondering whether you were aware how integral what you did on Classic Rock is to the life of a your average pizza delivery driver, and, <laughs> and how <laughs> how things how it kind of goes hand in hand. Oh man, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, you know, like when I was uh, so the first station I ever worked for was 105.3 The Bear, the New River Valley's classic rock. And uh, that was in Southwest Virginia, so mm-hmm. Blacksburg, Radford, Virginia area. And um, the more you get out into the community, like you do all these remotes, like, I'm gonna be live from the Sheeler Motor Mile from three <laughs> to six today. Uh, gonna be giving out corn dogs. Um, and you know, when you're out there and you're giving out those corn dogs, you meet the pizza delivery guys. You meet, oh, yeah. you know, I really felt like in that time period that I was on the air in Southwest Virginia, I was kind of a pseudo celebrity. Mm-hmm. Like you would meet so many people who would, I don't know even how they would recognize you, but they would come up to me in a bar like Jason Gore, or they'd hear me talking. Yeah. And they'd be like, Jason Gore. Like, uh, and it would be a lot of pizza delivery guys who just, yeah. You know, you have that classic rock station on, you know, you get that triple shot of bad company <laughs> and it gets you from one house to the next. Exactly. Because it's not as if, you know, pizza guys don't have CDs and stuff or, yeah. or now they don't have whatever access to 
streaming, but yeah, when you are on the road delivering for like up to 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. you need the human connection, you know? So I would just, I'd listen to, I'd listen to radio most of the time, you know, you'd get sick of your, you know, any music that you had that you were mm-hmm. listening to. And I would almost spoil it to listen to music that I really loved on the right. road, you know, I'd rather hear, yeah, like uh, some <laughs> ELO, you know, not that they're not uh, good, but, and I'd listen, I'd also listen to like, concert, like Sean Hannity and stuff, like hate listen oh, to that. I don't yeah. know, you know. Um, I rode in an elevator with him once in Atlanta at a, a radio station uh, in Atlanta and um, he farted in the elevator. <laughs> and it was just it was just both of us. And I bring this up on Twitter every now and then. Like, if he says something, I'm like, well, you never owned up to that fart, that one that you did with yeah. me. Um, one of the worst I've ever smelt, smelled. I was going into, you know, dealt it, smelt it mm-hmm. territory there for a second. But uh, yeah, he never owned up to it. He did that thing where it's just like, he didn't pay attention to it and he immediately walked off the it was a power move he walked off yeah. the elevator and uh and left me there to to live with it but um he's been eating too much ruth's crisp yeah oh that was 100 percent. he was he was 100 <laughs> percent coming back from a ruth's crisp lunch and uh and that's what it was i used to when i was in atlanta i uh, actually produced a conservative talk show for a little while it was a guy named the kimmer in the atlanta market i would do like you know my rock shift and then i'd go down the hall to the talk station and i was you know he knew i was a liberal and yeah. we had we had fun with it it wasn't you know it wasn't uh necessarily it was it was bad yeah it was like talk radio back then we're talking like 2006 you know right-wing talk radio was bad then but it's not like QAnon and crazy yeah. as it is now you know what i mean yeah it's not so. like literally evil it, or it wasn't right. literally evil. you know now it's just beyond yeah. the pale yeah it's completely beyond the pale so but you know if you're delivering pizzas you gotta hate listen to something <laughs> so i think both you and i have a, a similar kind of trajectory to where we eventually decided that we just had to come up to live in new york right when when did you do that uh, I did that. So I lived in Atlanta for three years, and then 2008, I moved up here to New York. I lived in Jersey City mm-hmm. uh, from 2008 to 2018. Now I'm in Manhattan. Yeah, I just needed to get that. I, we were getting tired of Atlanta. Um, we wanted to focus more on comedy. Yeah, I wanted to do UCB. I'd always heard really great things about it. Kristen was interested. Um, and then we just started taking classes together and really, you know, I was also playing in bands when I was doing radio too. I, I played in power pop bands in Athens, Georgia and in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. You know, I think you get to this point in time where I, at least for me, where it was like, it's either going to be rock and roll, like focusing on a, a life of rock and roll or a life of comedy. And yeah. I, I, at that point in time, I'd been doing rock for so long. It's like, okay, th- it's time to like focus on comedy. And I, I think I made the right choice. I'm enjoying it. Um, and that doesn't mean I can't play rock while doing comedy. So it factors in in a, way, a weird way. 
What do you? I. What do you? What do you play? Um, instrument. Instrument mainly. uh, I. You know, I play guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, I can play bass. I'm a a crap drummer. I've got that one beat that's all like boom, 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 you know, that one rock beat that every dude can do. Yeah, I can do that one, and um, you know, some woodwinds, piano, little, little stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're you're a uh, march. You were a marching band guy. You're a band. I was. Me too. I was. Yeah. What did you play? Trumpet. Ah. So nice. I played. I played a lot of horns on my um, on my music and stuff. Uh, Very cool. Trumpet and trombone and stuff. Um, never really. I tried to get the hang of sax. Could never really get the embouchure right. So yeah, that, the, the embouchure that ta- that takes some time, man. I was. Uh, yeah. I was a music major in college to start, and that's kind of one of the reasons I left. I had a teacher in college who was my saxophone teacher. And for the listeners, if you're not aware of what an embouchure is, it's basically like the uh, the muscles around your lips that that form so you can play yeah. a saxophone. But she wanted me to work on my embouchure all the time. And by doing this, I, she recommended that I suck on a PVC pipe. <laughs> Like all like walking around campus with this PVC pipe in my mouth, just constantly working on it. And when she told me that, I was like, "All right, well, I'm going to go over to the college radio station. And I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to change my major to media. Uh, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life." Yeah, yeah, I I almost did the music major as well, but mm-hmm. didn't. So I've had this radio show for the past couple of years, and, I, and then I I had mm-hmm. it previously in Asheville, and I've. I try to give as much of a, you know, my respects and an acknowledgement of just how big the best show has been in my life. I think, you know, talking about moving to New York, I think it was listening to the best show and listening to How Was Your Week with Julie Klausner that finally I was just like, man, I just gotta, I gotta go up. I gotta, I went to UCB as well and mm-hmm. went through the program and stuff. When did but you make the move? Not until 2013. 2013. Yeah. And you came from Asheville? I came from Asheville, yeah. Oh my god, I did not know that. That's pretty cool. My wife's from Black Mountain. Yeah. So, we we used to go to Asheville all the time. I love Black Mountain. Yeah. It's a great area. I would live in that area. Especially now, it's like, you know, I'll go somewhere with a yard for a little bit. Exactly. That'd be nice. That would be nice. So, I've tried to tell people, like, to explain how deep the best show thing is and I've tried I've made a couple converts you know um, but it's not you know it's hard to get everyone on board um, <laughs> you know just the three hour thing and, yeah you know but if you're but if you're into it you are mm-hmm. into it how did oh, you God, yeah. come like in contact with the best show and then how did you end up you so for those who don't know you're nickname Dudio, which started mm-hmm. out as like a we could never call you that because it's the stupidest thing ever <laughs> and then it just stuck uh the dude who built the studio so you yes. used your radio smarts to get tom back tom sharpling back on the air he was at wfmu and then took a little hiatus and then did the show for himself uh you know independently and mm-hmm. how, how did you get involved with that well uh i tom had followed me on twitter so we we had talked off and on just like messaging 
back and forth, you know, about yeah. things. Just like for for a couple of years, I was a big Best Show fan. I think I I really got into the Best Show when I moved up to Jersey City. So I started listening in 2008. Okay, and um, just loved it. Uh, I thought it was the greatest thing because it really like you know. I'm a radio guy. I'm a comedy guy. It's 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 all of all of the things I love about radio and all of the things I love about comedy in one place. Um, so that was always really just like, as a fan, to be listening to that, just constantly in awe of Tom's talent on a microphone mm-hmm. and his character interactions with with John. Just, yeah. Listen, just looking up to that stuff like crazy listening to it uh, coming through comedy and then when when Tom did the hiatus from FMU I think I emailed him or I messaged him or either emailed him in January 2014 and I said hey man you know I don't know what your plans are if you're bringing the show back what you're going to do but let me just say you know um, I worked in radio for years. I've done a lot of audio, visual installation. When I when I lived in Athens, Georgia, I worked at a company that did that. Um, so I'm pretty familiar with all that stuff. So I'm also a comedy guy. So, you know, I would love to help in any way to bring the show back. And he looped me in with Brendan McDonald. I met him and Tom, and uh, we all we all just hit it off and decided to start moving forward. And Tom started looking for studio space and we found a really great space and then from there you know we figured out what we needed like brendan mcdonald and mark Marin were both very instrumental in bringing the best show back in its independent state and you know so we were talking to brendan on a regular basis of you know how you're doing that we were kind of modeling our studio off of some of the stuff that wtf was using like the same board mm-hmm. and, every, and everything that um wtf had uh built up and then we, um, with Martin Salas, who also did a lot of work for WTF, uh, started working on like our website and streaming and, and cracking everything. Like everything technical that happens with the best show is, uh, you know, a creation of Martin's, and we couldn't have, we couldn't do it without him. Yeah, man, it was just a, a great. It all worked. Like everything we were doing, like oh, this sounds great, this sounds great. It just became easy and it became natural. And then before you knew it, the show was back. It's you mentioned Brendan McDonald, who is the he's the producer of, of WTF, and, it, and something that was crazy that happened is that I think I started listening to WTF was like my first podcast, and I got on board near the beginning, and then as I figured out who Brendan was, you know I've followed him on Twitter forever. He just seems like a such a fascinating dude and. He also does Chris Hayes's uh, Why Is This Happening, which is really great. And it was just so fascinating that when when Mark and Tom became friends, like there was the WTF where Tom was on there. And then when they, be, it was like my, I compared it to like, there was a fabled album that uh, Jimi Hendrix and Miles Davis were going to do. Oh yeah, never happened. And I was, I was like, this is that for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and and they still do those shows, and they're I know. still brilliant. And, it's so good. You know, it's it's so good. It's uh, yeah, they're they're so good together. I love it when they do a show together. Going back to the pizza thing, right? I had a 
my friend uh, John Elliston is the guy who got me me into the best show. He just dropped by the pizza spot, gave me a CD, and wait, said, "Okay, wait, what wait, is this? A local pizza joint? Is this a Papa John's? Is this it's a, a Pizza Cabin? Was the was the name? Pizza Cabin. <laughs> was it like a like like?" Lincoln Log type motif, or what, yeah. what was the Lincoln Log was? It was like a stuffed crust, but instead of cheese, they put uh, they put Tootsie Rolls in the in there. So he dropped the CD off, and it was one of the best show gems when mm-hmm. um, and it was a call from a guy from Pizza Aficionado magazine. FMU, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, it's Mark Michaels. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. Hey, I'm calling from uh, Pizza Aficionado. Uh-huh. Wait, what? what is that from? Pizza, pizza Aficionado. What is Pizza Aficionado? It's a magazine. It's the only magazine out there for Zabras. What is a Zabra? A Zabra is a pizza enthusiast. A pizza enthusiast? Yeah. So you mean like kind of like the way there's like Cigar Aficionado? Oh, definitely, yeah. And there's, is there like a wine aficionado magazine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Same kind of vibe here. Okay, but it's for pizza. Yeah, it's for Zabras, yeah. Zabras. So yeah. that is that is what you call a pizza aficionado is actually a Zabra. Yeah, you got it, yeah. And I thought it was real for the first 20 minutes. <laughs> and then I started to catch on, and then I was, I was hooked from then on the, uh, for those listeners who don't know uh john worster who's also a musician so much of the comedy music running through the whole best show thing but not funny music which john likes to point out that he's like right does both but he's not like a you know his music is serious <laughs> yes um but john calls in as different characters and they do these just arcs of like 45 minute long hilarious characters and just building these worlds and Mm -hmm. that was the first one and then i was just hooked yeah it's they're they're tremendous together and i will say the first time i listened to the best show too i thought it was a real call it took me a few episodes to like really start to you know breathe in the world that is Mm -hmm. new bridge yes and um and kind of understand what they were doing and and maybe that you know maybe that's something that keeps a lot of uh, not a lot of people but some people away is just the length of the show and mm-hmm. um, i would say it is a three-hour show uh if that's if you can't initially get in at the, with the three-hour episode you know try one of the best show bests exactly that's a good way to get in those are short i often will play the the bruce springsteen short uh, or best show best with the mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen biographer, and I know that you <laughs> are a, a Bruce guy, and I heard you on John Murray's podcast, which was awesome. And John was one of my teachers; my he was my favorite UCB teacher. Oh, um, I love John, man. That dude rules. So good, that dude. So I need. I've been meaning to reach out to him with the new uh, Springsteen single out. Letter. Oh you. yeah. Yeah, I, want, I wanted to see what his thoughts were on it. I know he loves it. He's got yeah. he can't hate anything no. that the boss does. I like it too. I think it's a great song. Um, but yeah, dude, I am a Bruce guy. It's fun being a Bruce guy, and it's like I was a I was a Bruce guy before I moved to Jersey, mm-hmm. and then it felt like even more important to me. And like when you get to see when you see Bruce at Giant Stadium for the first time, 
Yeah. Um, you're like, oh man, I, I, I legitimately live in Jersey now. <laughs> this is like, this is the thing that solidified that for me. So crazy thing. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, Governor's Mag. I'm also from Virginia. I grew up in, in Norfolk and oh, I went wow. to a Governor's Magnet School my senior year for jazz, mm-hmm. for bass. And in the jazz band was the Clarence Clemens uh, nephew, who is now the Jake. The sax- yeah, Jake. Yeah. He was, we, we played together that whole senior year, which was crazy that, you know, now he's, he's That's Clarence, you know? Yeah. He's new Clarence. And Clarence's brother, who I, I'm blocking on his name, ran the jazz program. And it was kind of, the, the one thing that was kind of weird is he would make us pray before we would get together in a, in a, like a prayer circle before mm-hmm. all of our performances, which felt weird and right. in like a public school kind of setting. <laughs> but other than that, it was great. No, I mean, if you're... If you're related to Clarence and, you know, anyone related to Clarence, they tell you to pray. You're going to pray, man. <laughs> you're going to do it. I'm going to get down on my knees. That's amazing, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, did he ever just, like, stand up and just wail on the uh, Born to Run solo? You know. In the middle of, you're like, Jake, we're not playing that. We're playing, <laughs> Night, in Tun- we're playing Night in Tunisia. Yeah, right. He was, he was definitely just kind of coming into his own as a player. And it's mm-hmm. so, so cool seeing him now, you know, whatever, 20 years later, just doing it. Member of the E Street Band. Yeah. Jesus. So when I originally reached out to you, it was mm-hmm. the quarantine had kind of just it, it just kind of dawned on us that this was going to be a long term <laughs> thing. Right. And I wanted to ask you how how you were maintaining your your creativity, what kind of outlets you were trying to pursue. Mm-hmm. Every you know, just to for context to the listener, during during the quarantine and with everything that happened, Tom kind of put a a little halt, uh, you know, hiatus to the best show and all of this. Mm-hmm. So like all the you know this so far was my favorite quarantine thing while it was happening, which was you, the four of you guys from the best show talking about all the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young records. Um, so all that kind of grinded to a halt. Mm-hmm. What, how has it been? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, first off, like, you know, the hiatus is just, it's just a hiatus. Yeah. You know, Tom had a lot of projects he was working on. He needed, especially the book. Yes. I'm um, so excited for his book. Yeah. It's going to be so great. And it just felt like a, a, a time, you know, with everything that was going on in the world at that point in time, that doing the best show might not be the best of things at that at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't know. I just feel that you know, Tom has needed this time 
Um, I do think that the show will be back. I think the best show will be back. I think so far will be back. I think me and my friends, the friends, I'll be back. Just when when it's right, when the time is right. Um, in the meantime, you know, it's been a weird thing. Um, uh, it was really good at the beginning of the pandemic to be doing the best show and to be doing so far, despite the fact that, you know, <laughs> you know those first few years with like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young were cranking out so many records that I know it was driving us a little crazy mm-hmm. to have to go through and listen to all of those records every week. All the stills. The, yeah, all the stills. So much still. So much. Yeah. And, and, you know, and some of the, the Crosby, Nash stuff that's not so good. Yes. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that's not so good. And that was wearing on us. Um, So I'm excited. You know, episode five, I think that's where we ended up. Either episode five or six, I can't remember. But there is one episode in the can that'll come out. Oh, great. Um, And then once we start that back up, my God, we're in the 80s. And there's going to be less ep- less albums to cover, but also less quality to cover. Yes. So it's going to be a very interesting run when we get back into So Far. But when we were doing that, when we were doing So Far and Best Show and everything, that was kind of a saving grace for me during the pandemic. It was really nice uh, to be able to sit and, and talk to my friends. And um, since the hiatus has been happening, and just as a kind of like... As a comedian, in general, it's been weird. Like, you know, I had a running show at UCB called Jason Gore's Midlife Crisis. You can see that online. It's on my which, website. Which is great. I got to, I got to see it while it was playing. Oh, hell yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. you what, what show did you come to? I came to one of the first... I came to... Like, you, you did the... You had the spank ones. and then right. And then you had the actual in, like engagement right yeah yeah i came to i think the first of the engagements okay okay great yeah i was just curious because the last show was february 26th and the night i did that show i didn't know that was gonna be the last show also yeah. it's kind of a nice thing to be known as one of the shows that closed ucb in new york yes <laughs> like completely finished the theater just blame it on me <laughs> blame it all on my show but, but I think that it's going to come back too. That just like the best show, like I feel like it, it has to come back in some way. On the UCB, the best show will definitely come yes. back. Will UCB come back to New York? I don't know, man. I honestly, if you asked me to put money on it, I would say absolutely they're not. Wow. I would say they're going to stick to LA. It's it's really hard to say. You know, because there's, there's, there's been some rough stuff that's come out about UCB. Uh, yeah, lately. that's true. But, you know, I will say, despite all of all of the rough stuff, like, you know, my time at UCB, I am grateful for it. I'm grateful for, the, like, the community I met through that and, you know, the opportunities I had through that. Um, I'm not, I'm not like, sitting here just, like, crapping all over it. I, if it did come back in New York City, I think it would be a great I just yeah. don't know. I just don't know. I guess the thing about we, yeah, it's it's a real unknown because it's also tied to just kind of the unknowable status of what New York's going to be like. You know, Completely. once this is all over, and, completely. 
it's scary, but I, I think it's also exciting in a way to see how things are going to kind of reconfigure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, like, you know, maybe there will be a lot of theater space and maybe it'll exist for cheap. And maybe something, if UCB doesn't come back, you know, maybe the next thing, the next comedy, you know, theater really branches out of that. And that would be a cool thing to see. But in terms of like pandemic comedy, uh, (laughs) I've just been, I've just been writing and I've been working on projects and working on some new podcasts. Um, My wife launched a podcast, which is a general hospital recap podcast that she hosts with her mom her mom's been watching it for 30 years kristen just started watching it when it came back Mm -hmm. uh they're they're a joy to listen to even if you know absolutely nothing about general hospital it's very funny just to listen to you know how passionate kristen's mom marcia is about it (laughs) and then on the your wife is your wife is super funny and is the head writer still for for samantha yeah Yeah, Full she's frontal? a co- co-head writer for Full Frontal with Samantha B. Um, she just sold a pilot to uh, just sold a show to ABC called Big I Wishes. Saw that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and she's doing a General Hospital recap podcast. <laughs> That's the biggest story there. That's, yeah. You know, out of the three, if you're going to put you know your headlines on deadline, that's going to be up on the top. It's that. Yeah. And then not not to be outdone by that mom cast i'm also hosting uh, a new podcast uh with my mom and my little sister emily gore and uh, it's called mom rock and because we grew up and we touched on this a little bit on the so far podcast we talk about like the cassettes and stuff that i would hear as a child yes in the gore family household well now i'm like talking to the source of that so we talk about all the different music that mom loved and uh, we're going to go in depth into her collection and, you know, kind of talk about the memories and uh, thoughts we have surrounding certain songs and certain albums and um, getting her takes on it while also like introducing her to something new that maybe she hasn't heard before and getting her, you know, uh, review of that on each episode. So it's fun. It's just something nice to do. Like, I can't go visit my my mom and sister. They live Mm -hmm. on the other side of the country. Like, so this is a a way to still feel connected, which is nice. I love the story that you told on so far about, it was your, I think it was your birthday and you you went Mm -hmm. in to get the CD of uh, of decades or decades. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But you didn't have a CD player, but your dad busted out the uh, <laughs> double, was a double cassette, and you guys just rode around listening to the whole thing. I just, I oh, love yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, I wouldn't have an, uh, a love of, of Neil Young without, like, my, my dad's input. Uh, Mom hated Neil Young. Mom was <laughs> Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Uh-huh. She hates Neil's voice. To this day, she never saw Neil Young and Crazy Horse with us because they're, you know, for a good long time there, like my, my dad and I would go see Neil Young and Crazy Horse every tour that would come to like Charlotte or Winston-Salem mm-hmm. or, or, or Raleigh. We would go and see whatever Neil show came and that was a tradition that was really nice. Yeah, I miss those shows. I miss, I miss the feeling of like, and maybe this is the pandemic talking, I don't know, but I miss <laughs> that feeling of like, going into that crappy amphitheater in whatever mm-hmm. city you're in like all the parking lots are the same all the amphitheaters are the same 
and you walk out on the grass. You've got like a grass ticket, a yeah. lawn ticket. You find your spot, and uh, man, I can't wait to do that again someday. Did you ever go to the boathouse in in Norfolk? I think, I think so. That was my spot, and uh-huh. I've, I, I, my dad listens to this show, and I just want to take this moment to to <laughs> thank my dad. My dad was not a rock and roll dad like like yours, but <laughs> for he was so supportive. He knew that I was a huge music, you know, aficionado. And so he would take my friend and I to like the Lemonheads or the Meat Puppets or whatever. Nice. He would stand in the back for the Mm -hmm. whole show, like back against the wall. uh, And just, I don't think he enjoyed it at all. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, for two or three hours, you know, I was like uh, 13, 14, whatever. Right. Going to an all ages show with my, with my buddy and, trying to get into the mosh pit and stuff and i don't like just the idea of doing that for your kid now in retrospect is just is unbelievable oh god yeah i uh i think the difference is like dad enjoyed those shows like as yeah. soon as like pow- as soon as the opening notes of powder finger rung out he was like <laughs> yeah look out mama there's a white boat coming Um, But I do understand like what your dad went through because I went, I remember this was probably like 2007. I went with Kristen to a show, to a Fallout Boy show Mm -hmm. in, uh, in, uh, in Atlanta. And I didn't give, I didn't give a damn about Fallout Boy. I could care less. Yeah. And she's excited. And at one point in time, I'm just like standing near the back of the arena and I find myself just surrounded by dads, <laughs> and they welcome me in. Like you don't, you're, you know, they could tell I wasn't enjoying this. Like one guy hands me uh, a can of Bud Light. Mm-hmm. Just like you're, you know, you're one of us now. And uh, Kristen is, you know, probably 50 yards in front of me, just rocking out, and I'm just standing there with all these 40 to 50 year old dudes drinking, you know, the uh, the Bud Light blue bottle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kicking, the the kicking like aluminum aluminum yeah. bottle. Yeah. yeah the, the arena bottle. Yes, and, I know. Uh, it well. And just uh, you know, I found I found my group in that point in time. There's something beautiful about going to something. I don't. I think this is definitely the pandemic talking, but mm-hmm. there's something beautiful about going to something with somebody who loves it and and just taking the hit and (laughs) letting them have their time and you just kind of wait it out uh you know back against the wall style yeah no there's something really really sweet about that um i don't think i could do that for anything now um (laughs) i just i don't think i would i don't i don't have it luckily like if Kristen and I go to a show, it's something that we both really, really yeah. enjoy. But God, when will we ever do that again? I know. Two years? Three years? Who knows? Two, two and a half. I mean, yeah. I don't see, I don't see anybody going to shows again until. Although I do, um, I follow this uh, Queen tribute band called Almost Queen, which mm-hmm. is a great name. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 
we're we're almost queen. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 up there with my other favorite tribute uh, band name, which is just simply Led Zeppelin Two. Wow. And it's not because they're playing nothing but cuts off of Led Zeppelin Two. It's just like they're the sequel to Led Zeppelin. <laughs> They play it all. They, yeah. they they're from one Dakota. They've got the whole gamut. Wow. Okay. Um, but I watch almost Queen because they're still playing like every weekend. But they're playing these places where it's like drive-ins where cars pull up and everyone's in their cars and instead of clapping, they're just honking their horns. And there's this video. I posted this video on my Twitter because I I couldn't stop laughing at it. They're playing um, Under Pressure, <laughs> and. The horns are like are honking on the offbeat, so it's like boom, 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 honk, boom, 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 honk. Nice. <laughs> and this is like this is the most ridiculous experience I've ever seen. Like this is where we are now. This is a live rock show mm-hmm. where cars are just like randomly honking on the offbeat like that would be a horrible thing to see live <laughs> who would ever want to see that it would yeah. drive me insane no yeah you could have playing... the, the crappy uh the tr- crappy drive-in speakers giving yeah. you a little extra monitor sound yeah but they're playing every weekend man i highly recommend going to their facebook visit because it's a joy to see they're playing like these baseball fields where everyone like sits in these little pods that are spaced out. And well, Van, Van Morrison is trying to s- start the resistance. Did you see that? Oh, Jesus. If anyone needs to be worried about COVID-19, it's Van Morrison. <laughs> Good Lord, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd last. Stay like away. A- at least Ian, a- Ian Anderson has come up with some really good ideas for uh, performing live during COVID, but he's frightened to death of it because he has a lung condition. Yeah. But he's trying to figure out a, a smart way to do it. Van Morrison's just like, ah, we'll just go out and do it, right? Yeah, he's he's like, fight this, fight the pseudoscience. Yeah, I love yeah. Van Morrison. I music his music. Um, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I, I know what's going on with him. See, I'm on the flip side. I hate his music. I love his politics. <laughs> I'm just but, really enjoy yeah. the politics of Van Morrison. Yeah, I love when whenever Tom or or John bring up Van Morrison in a mm-hmm. in a call. It's great. <laughs> yeah. In the long lists of of people he'll he'll appear in, in many lists. Yeah, I don't think I ever listened to much Van Morrison before like being a part of the best show. Then I started to get into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I always kinda hated it as a kid because you hate brown eyed girl. Yeah. Well Or it's... even working at a classic rock station, you hate brown eyed girl. He, he he is one of the guys, and maybe we could end on this. I would say, of any rock artist, uh-huh. uh, I mean, he's questionable whether he's rock, but I'll just say rock. I think he's the worst, maybe the worst represented by his singles. Moon Dance, oh, I'd agree with that. Brown Eyed yeah. Girl. If you go to the deep cuts, there's some amazing stuff, but... So who who would you say is another group that just people get the wrong idea from their <laughs> from their singles? Yeah. Oh god. Wow, that's a really tough question. That is a tough question. 
I, for some reason, I went to the Doobie Brothers, but then I'm like, no, that's the good stuff. <laughs> you don't want to do a deep dive on the Doobies. I guess you could include basically most hair metal bands uh, because there was that long swath of thing where a hair metal band's biggest song would be like an acoustic, like torch burner, you know? Yeah. Or there's like, that thing where like Cheap Trick had a hit with the flame. <laughs> you know? And yeah. the flame's still a great sh- song, but it's like nothing. I mean, a lot of people know them Um, but it's nothing compared to, you know, those albums in the 70s. Uh, that no. first run of four records that they did, but can't, yes. can't be touched. But The yeah. Flame, still a good song. But but misleading. Still a good song. Misleading. Yeah. Definitely misleading. So I think that's a good, a good example of that. If you're like a big fan of More Than Words and then bought Porno Graffiti... <laughs> two or whatever I, which ah. I did buy that record oh, I, yeah you would be pretty surprised yeah. by the other material on that record you're like you, you put that on and then you hit play and then get, <laughs> get the funk out starts playing oh yes if you don't like uh, what you see here get the <laughs> funk out Hey, I, I listened to Extreme last week, man. I used to host a, a hair metal show every okay. Saturday night yeah. from from nine until midnight. The Big Hairball. It was mm-hmm. one of the top rated shows in Southwest Virginia. I love all that hair metal stuff, man. I I still just really enjoy it. Like uh, you know, I was listening to Dream Warriors by Dokken the other night. Nice. That's a good one. I used to see. Uh, you know, Poison would always do those summer tours where they would bring like 15 hair metal bands with them every tour. Mm-hmm. And one time I saw Dawkins on that and um, and they played after every song, Don Dawkins would be like, that's the best effing song you've ever heard, isn't it? <laughs> and like three guys in Dawkins shirts would be like, yeah! And, he, and Don Dawkins would say, you know who wrote that? Me. And go into the next song. Same thing after the next song. I'm like, I love this. I live yeah. for these people. These weird hair metal dudes. Well, I'll play some I'll play some Dokken next on the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Go, go into Dream Warriors. Okay, I will. Yeah. Well it's it's been really, really fun. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. This was a joy. And yeah. uh, I hope things I hope uh, everything is great for you and we all see it to the other side of this pandemic. Yes. Um, and and I will be when you play at the drive-in. There, there's actually some comedy shows here in Long Island City that they've been doing at drive-ins. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed that. Still a little too many people for me. Yeah, I haven't been to one. I'm, I'm a little I'm, freaked out by that. I'm, I'm, I'm very on the cautious crowd. side. Yes. Yeah, but hey, God bless them. If that's what if they're okay with that and that's what they're doing and they're and they're loving it, enjoy the hell out of it. For me, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be hiding for a little bit. Me too. So, it's well, just what, what it is. 
one day I will uh, come see you perform live, um, and everybody should check out what's the name of the, the podcast you're doing? Mo- uh, Rock Mom? Mom Rock. Mom, Mom Rock. Rock. Yeah, yeah, the first episode is up. It's momrock.simplecast.com, and uh, you can also get it off my website, jason gore.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, John. Stay, this was a blast. Stay safe. You too, man. All right. Bye, buddy. Take care. that little docking dream warriors thank you so much to jason such a fun talk he's just such a great guy you can tell and i've been listening to him on the best show and other best show related things for years now if you want to like we said Get it like a get your feet wet with the best show. Listen to the best show gems as a starter, or best show bests. Best show gems is that FMU version. Best show bests are the new ones from the independent iteration of the show. Jason is also great. So Tom Sharpling launched this kind of absurd thing where they were recapping all the episodes of the show Friends on a show called Meet My Friends The Friends but it's so much more than that it has its own kind of narrative arc Jason is great on that also so far as we talked about the 
compendium podcast of, of all Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's musical output is great. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. And Mom Rock. Check that out. I gotta check that out. Jason's new podcast with his mom and his sister. And if you're listening to this on your computer, consider downloading the app for your iPhone or your Android. If you want to, you can drop us some dollars, dollar dollar bill, y'all, at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Sign up for the newsletter while you're there. Why don't you? Maybe. If you're so inclined. And to play us out, Jason mentioned that his wife is from Black Mountain, which I knew because I Twitter stalk both of them. But, Jason, if you're listening, best Black Mountain band of all time is Floating Action, who I think you would love. Let's hear Floating Action song from Desert Etiquette, one of my favorite. Please reveal. I will talk to you guys next week. Maybe do a freestyle show, because I'm busy. Okay? Okay. Race to the bottom. Peace.
Just might hold the key 